Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Previously on the Mike Wise Show. I remember my first year there when I went there as an assistant after I'd been fired at Golden State. and I was out for two years working uh, for NBC. And I went there as an assistant. Um, Hank Egan retired. And we're getting ready to start. Uh, training camp and we didn't have like a lot of meetings or anything and I'm going to uh, two of the assistants with me well, you're going to laugh the three assistants with me <laughs> were Mike Budenholzer obviously wow. coaching the Bucks, um, Mike uh, Mike Brown who's assistant to Steve Kerr in uh, in Golden State and Brett Brown is coaching the Sixers and like they had all been there some of them for a bunch of years at, at at least, Brett, one, you know, one more year before me, and I'm going, hey, guys, when are we going to meet? When are we going to talk about what we're doing? And they said, you know, don't worry, we'll, you know, we'll get to it. And, like, the first practice, like, we went out, and I'm like, I got no clue what we're going to do or, like, you know, what the drills are. And Pop would just go, you know, drill A. I mean, would, and boom, players would just go get in line, do the drill. They all knew it because there wow. was only, like, one or two new guys. And that was literally – the corporate knowledge that he always talked about. I mean, the bulk of the team was back. That's PJ Carlissimo on the Spurs family. Today on the Mike Wise Show, another family member, Mike Brown of the Golden State Warriors, formerly of the Spurs. He's great. I guarantee you. You got to listen to this interview, download it, rate, review it. And from there, Darlene will take care of it. Take it away, Miss Darlene. The Mike Wise Show is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is hosted by a guy who played basketball atrociously for Hawaii Pacific College, which forced him into journalism. And, oh yeah, he wrote about basketball for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and ESPN. He's also a wise-ass, and so are many of his guests. Right, Mike? Welcome to the Mike Wise Show. I, another guest that I'm, I'm very happy to have on this week, starting my 20th show Mike Brown, associate head coach of the Golden State Warriors, who, well, I'll tell you about later, has paid his dues in, in incredible ways. How are you, Mike? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good, good. I, uh, it's good to catch up with you. I want to say we spoke a couple, oh, it might have been a year and a half ago, maybe it was a year ago at the finals, and I just remember you telling me, um, you telling me the story of uh, well, I, I had tried to talk you into that you had walked into LeBron's practice in Akron, Ohio, um, when you just got the job and he was having a bike-a-thon and you couldn't remember if you win or not. Um, but I, but, but I, but I, I mentioned the name Hook Mitchell and you remembered the name as this playground legend in Oakland. And um, have you, have you got a chance to meet up with Hook out there by chance? I have not, but uh, I, I, I've read his story, and I've also watched his story, so I, I am familiar with her. Yeah, one of the great stories is um, apparently, that, unless the people that talk to me are wrong, they, they actually remember you walking into the gym in Akron, I think it was St. Mary's, St. Vincent, they were, they were scrimmaging, and 
Hook throws a three-quarters court pass to LeBron and he dunks and 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 Hook looks at uh, LeBron and, and LeBron says, you know who that is, right? And he goes, no. And he goes, that's our new coach. And Hook looks at LeBron and says, tell him to fucking sign me. Yeah. No, no, you. And that was, shoot, that, that seems like, I mean, we're talking, guy, you want to, I want to say you got that job in 2005, 2006. That's years ago. I mean, that's that's 13 years ago. Does it does it seem like? Can, can you imagine one? You've been in the league that long, and LeBron has as well. I, I tell you what, so, you know, I, I'm fortunate, lucky, blessed. I mean, all of the above, however you want to call it, uh, just to have the run that I've had so far, and, and to be around, uh, you know, a lot of great situations. Uh, but on top of that, just great people and. You know, my time in Cleveland, uh, especially being a head coach at the age that I was a head coach, uh, getting that opportunity, uh, you know, from Dan Gilbert at that time um, uh, was tremendous. And then to be able to have one of the first players that I, you know, that uh, that I coached be, be LeBron James, uh, just, just a fantastic experience. And, uh, you know, when, when I think back on it sometimes or I think back on my run sometimes so far, uh, it seems like uh, it was a long, long time ago, uh, but there are a lot of things because the time uh, was so special. There are a lot of things that just seemed like it was yesterday, mm. and uh, it, you know, and, and again, that's just a testament of, of um, you know, not only being in a fantastic organization, uh, but uh, also being around great people too. And you know, LeBron is just that, whether it be on the floor and or off the floor. When I think about that team you took to the finals in 2007, um, how old were you then? You were. I was 37 years old. So, I mean, you had to be one of the youngest finals coaches ever. And, and I look at that team outside of LeBron, and I, and I liked a lot of those guys. That might have been the worst finals team I've ever seen <laughs> in terms of like, I mean, you got the, the way you got them to play and that, and that series against the Pistons was incredible. And I know LeBron was, you know, a lot of it, but I, I still look at that and I go, that was a masterful coaching job. I mean, Booby Gibson was getting major minutes, you know? <laughs> yeah, my, I, my, I appreciate it. You know what, the, I tell you what, the, we didn't really have any any big names or yeah. any superstars, you know, besides LeBron. That, that's correct. But one of my favorite things is people, when people bring that team up, I, I always ask them, well, who was our starting five? And I don't think I've come across one person that can name our starting five from that team because uh, a lot of those guys, they weren't uh, NBA All-Stars. And if they were, they, you know, maybe once uh, they were that. And, uh I think Z Zajunas Ogalskis might have been a two-time All-Star. I'm not sure, but other than that, LeBron was the only consistent All-Star we had on our team. And then when everybody got done playing with that particular team, for the most part, uh, they didn't go on and play many more years after that. No, you know, you're right. That was a lot you're of those. Right. That was a lot of those guys' last run or last hurrah. And uh, I just remember throughout that run, especially when we got to the Pistons series, because the Pistons were an extremely physical team, and they were handing it to us the first couple of games, and and you know we started to go down the path of complaining a little bit, and and I just remember talking to LeBron, and I said, hey, you know the the, the thing that we have to get across to our group is 
Uh, we can't have any excuses because nobody feels sorry for anybody at this point in the season. And uh, and so uh, LeBron and I started preaching, and the rest of our coaches started preaching. LeBron internally in the locker room when the coaches weren't there and us, anytime we had a team meeting, we just started preaching, uh, we're a no-excuse team. We're a no-excuse team. We're a no-excuse team. And our guys, they bought into it. They felt it. And the physicality uh, of the rest of the playoffs from that point on, it didn't bother us. And, mm. and, and once we were able to get past that, you know, because Detroit was extremely physical. They were extremely well coached. They had guys that had been multiple all-stars and players of the years and stuff like that. And But once we got past that, at that point, and truly believed that, you know, no matter what was thrown in front of us, we were just going to put our head down and fight through it. Uh, we, we took off, and, yep. and we got it done defensively. Mike Brown is my guest. Uh, he was only 37 years old when he took the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James's first of nine trips to the NBA Finals. Um, I want to say that team it was, let's see, starting Z, Zydrunas Ogalskis, LeBron, yep. uh, Larry yep. Hughes. Was Larry Hughes one? Yep. Uh, uh, Larry Hughes. And and then, the, the, tough part about, the tough part about Larry is he was hurt in the finals. A lot of people don't remember that. So yes. he we had a great run, and then he got hurt. He didn't play many games for us in the finals, which ultimately, you know, I mean, San Antonio was was a better team, you know, and they were yeah. more experienced. But but to have Larry would have definitely given us a lot better chance uh, to have some success uh, in yeah. the actual finals. Well, did Drew get, did Drew Gooden start? There we go, Drew Gooden. Yep, Drew Gooden. And then uh, it, the only other guy, the, one, the only other guy, I can one think. everybody gets stumped. Okay, I want. I know that Dan, Booby Gibson got minutes. I know. Um, Damon Jones got minutes, but I think wasn't it Sasha Pavlovich started for you? There we go, Sasha Pavlovich. Yeah. Did I get was, it? Was on fire. Oh! You got it. You got it. Ding, 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 ding. Mike, you won a prize, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember he got minutes, but but the guys who hit the big shots, like I remember, shoot, Damon Jones hit some unbelievable like penetrate and kick shots where he'd, he'd be yeah. out there on the perimeter, and and same with um. And and same with uh, um, uh, Booby. I mean, he was he was he was incredible in that Detroit series. That game five to me, that was the arrival of the real LeBron era in in Detroit yeah. when he had that game. Oh, and wow. I, I, yeah, and then and then game six was just a part. I mean, I I remember thinking, oh, I'm I'm going to be going to Detroit for the finals, and I'm like I'm putting all my travel down. <laughs> and then my boss calls me up and he says. Get to Cleveland for Game Six. They're gonna do it, and it, was, it turned into a big party. And, you know, it was, and then, and then of course your old team, the Spurs, just uh, you know they were so good. And and uh, oh my gosh, they were good. They were good. Um, we we weren't quite ready. I, I'll never forget. Yeah. We we went for our first practice. You know, you when you're in the finals, you got to practice at the arena. And you have specific times because the media is there, and so that it's the only game left, obviously. And because it's the only game left. You have all the media there and some, you know, because you got media from all over the world coming to, uh, you know, to be a part of the final. And so we get off the bus and we go into uh, the AT&T Center. I think that's what it was called at the time. And we're about to start stretching. And I remember one of our assistant trainers was walking around filming us stretching. And so I went over to him. I was like, what, what are you doing? He goes, ah, a few of the players wanted to document the whole thing in the final. And I was like, oh, my God, we're in trouble. We're, we're filming the stretching. Oh, my God. These guys are just so excited to be here. I was like, put that away. 
the only person that had been that far was Eric Stout. You know, nobody else. Oh, right, with the 76ers, finals, so. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, so guys, you got guys like walking off the plane like those Super Bowl guys with their cameras, uh, with their yes. first Super Bowl. You're thinking, oh, man, yes. they're, they're, they're just happy to be yes. here. Oh, no. Um, yeah, we, we, already, we already arrived at Disney World. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Mike Brown has won the has been on the Warrior staff of Steve Kerr's, which has uh, resulted in his first. That would be your first two championship rings with organizations, correct? Or did you get one with the Spurs? Yeah, I, I was part of one in two thousand three with the Spurs. That's right. Okay, so that'd be shoot. That's three championship rings as a coach. I uh, you've coached LeBron and. In, in his youth, you coached Kobe probably near the end of his road, and and now you got Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson. They're in their primes, really. Um, yeah. You, I mean, I, I don't know if comparing is fair, but but just the the notion that every guy was at a different part of their career, the challenges and anything you know, like anything special that really sticks out where you go. I know I'm with one of the all-time greats. As crazy as it sounds, their work ethic. You know, mm. all, all those guys from, and, and they were, you know, I had LeBron uh, when he was young, and he wasn't as great of a shooter as he was back then compared to now. He had won championships. He didn't have, he was a great player, very smart, had a great feel for the game, but he hadn't experienced winning a championship. And so he, he was a lot different player back then than he is now and I used to tell people that I used to say his ceiling is still high back then when everybody thinks thought that he was at almost at his peak uh, but uh, again different stages in their lives LeBron was at a young age Kobe was more towards the end uh, Steph and Katie are more in their prime and, and you know you could throw Tim Duncan David Robinson I, I you know I feel you know Draymond Clay I feel completely and totally blessed lucky fortunate to be able to have an opportunity to work with these guys, especially at such a high level, because, you know, I've, I've been able to experience a lot of great things. and uh, Hopefully I taught them a thing or two. I know for sure I've, I've definitely learned uh, a lot from them, but, but the one thing that I would, just two things that I would say that they all have in common, they all work their tail off and they're all extremely smart. And, and I, and the reason why I bring that up about them working the tail off, a lot of people, especially both my sons, both my sons, they were a lot younger and they were in middle school and elementary school. They used to think that LeBron James would walk into a phone booth and he'd come out like Superman and he'd be ready to go. <laughs> I, and, and it, you know, it, they, they didn't quite understand how hard he worked in order to become the player that he is today and even back in the day when I coached him as a young guy until, uh, you know, there were a couple of incidents that, that gave them the ability to see uh, him actually working uh, at a time when he could have been, been easily on vacation. But, they, but again, a lot of kids, a lot of people, they think that these guys are talented because they're blessed and lucky. Yes, that part or that has something to do with it, but their work ethic is all off the charts. They, I feel like they probably were the hardest workers on their team, not only during games and practices, but also on their own in terms of developing their craft. And then the second thing is the, the intelligence, the feel that they have for the game. Uh, it, it's, it's off the charts. Uh, 
in terms of feel that uh, that, the, that these guys have in different situations about the game of basketball. And what I learned working for Greg Popovich is to empower those those guys because when you do, you're always going to get uh, something in return. And some of the things that you may get in return may help your team win a crucial ball game in a seven-game series during your playoff run. So if you empower those guys because of their feel, because of their intelligence, uh, you'll get a whole lot in return coming back because uh, they're more than just gifted basketball players out on the floor. It's so different, too. I mean, it's so different. LeBron is – and I always thought that when he was coming up, he was almost worried too much about what other people thought about him. And I thought a lot of the best yeah. players – yeah, a lot of best players in the game, they just – they sort of operated like, you know, it's not my job to worry about what other people think about me. It's my job to worry about what I think about me. And and I think LeBron didn't get that till later. Uh, I think Steph is as grounded as they come. I think Kevin Durant, I mean, being around him sometimes still, I feel like I know him as he grew up in D.C. and 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 have followed his career and he always gives me time. But even then, like there's this there's this serrated edge to Kevin where I almost think he sometimes doesn't think he's good enough or it bothers him what people think. And I go, Kevin, that's that you're Kevin Durant. Don't even worry about it. (laughs) And so, so I, and they're just different guys in so many ways. And then Kobe, he's just a weird bird. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're they're all different. And you know, people always say, well, you know, who would you take this guy or that guy? And, and, And it's tough because, uh, not only are they uh, uh, different individuals, but their their games are are extremely different too. And so, a lot of times, you know, it may be based on the team that you have. If you already have, you know, four guys uh, that are big time scorers, shoot, you may want a guy like LeBron because of his ability to facilitate at his size. You know, so so again, it, it just depends uh, on the makeup of your team. They're all great players. They all bring something uh, different to the table, but in the same breath, uh, two of the biggest things that I think you need to have in order to be successful in, in this shoot in any business is you need to have a work ethic and you need to have uh, some sort of feel or hopefully an intelligence level that will help you get over the hump when, when your group is, is even with another group or when your talent is even with another individual's talent, you'll be able to at least have that mental edge to get you that victory when needed most. Was there a better job that you could have gotten as an, or anybody for that matter, in the, in the NBA as an assistant than with the Golden State Warriors at the time you did in 2016? I, no, I, you know, I had a, I've had a great run all the places that I've been. Uh, even way back in the day, coaching Rod Strickland and Chris Webber and Juan <laughs> Howard and Tracy Murray, those guys – in Washington, yes, uh, and even before that, Lafonso Ellis and Brian Smith and you know, all those guys in Denver. I mean, fantastic run, great, great uh, stops, and great people that I've been with. Uh, but I, I, the team that I'm with now, uh, from top to bottom, starting with the ownership and, and Joe Lakeup and and going to the GM and Bob Myers and head coach and Steve Kerr and and then all the assistants, and medical staff, and the players. Uh, the, the Bay Area, it, it, this has been a phenomenal experience uh, for me. Uh, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed being here in in, in, uh, in the Bay with the Warriors. And uh, not just uh, on the court, but even 
uh, just being around the people. You know, you always t- you hear a lot of people in the NBA uh, talk about, and I guess probably a lot of organizations, especially in sports, but talk about, hey, we're a family. We want to be a family. And th- this organization is truly the definition of what a family should be, uh, literally. And, and not just when it comes to uh, being on the basketball floor, but even off the floor and doing things that aren't related to basketball, you truly feel like people here have your back at, at all times. And uh, it's been a tremendous experience for me. And then on top of that, uh, you know, you throw in the winning at the level that we've, that we've won at. And, uh, man, I, I, this this yeah. has been the, probably the best time, even though I've been a head coach three different times, this probably has been the best times a uh, 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 time of my career. Uh, I, I, if I'm thinking right, uh, you know, compared to any other time, uh, I, I'm loving it. I, I can't imagine there would be any better job for almost anybody just to work with that group with that. And I think we do, we say family is a cliche now in sports. And when you're around that, it almost is a culture. I mean, I remember, um, Bob Myers and some of the, some of the staff playing over at soldier town, when I was over there just shooting hoops, I'm thinking, this is the Warriors front office and some guys, yeah. you know, off the street and they're playing ball and it's in the middle of the finals. And they're like, sort of, okay, we've done our work. This is our, this is the, this is the hour and a half we need to unwind and get in shape. And I just thought they, these guys get it. They, they get the, as hard as everybody works, it seems like the Warriors get the work-life balance better than a lot of other organizations. Whenever I see those football coaches talk about, oh, he's in his office at 3 a.m., great, great, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to be there at 3 a.m. to win. I'm sorry, you know, you just yeah. don't. And But at any rate, um, I when I think of Kevin Durant, and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talk and chatter about this is going to be his last year. He's going to move on. Who knows? I mean, the, the, my thing is enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy the moment while you're there. If that, if that's how it, how it lands. But someone told me a coach, I won't, I won't reveal his name. I asked him, what could Kevin say? What could Kevin can't Kevin say right now that about why he left Oklahoma city and joined this team that, that a lot of people don't, that would think less of other players if he said it. And he said, you know, he said, Russell Westbrook, it's not that he didn't like him or anything. It's just that Russell Westbrook plays basketball great. The Golden State Warriors, and from Clay Thompson to Andre Iguodala to shoot everybody on that team, really, Sean Livingston, said they're great basketball players. And the distinction is it doesn't matter how great you are. If you've got, if there's an, a guy with a better shot that you think is open, you're going to find him. And and it doesn't and and he said that Russ still needed to learn that. Do you think that's too harsh toward Russ, or do you think it's just a real compliment toward a, a team of great ball players that still under understand the sublime choreography of teamwork? You know, I, I, I don't know because I, I I've never asked Katie that, nor did I did I hear Katie say that. So, uh, you know, I I don't know what his thought process was behind. Uh, mentioning that, you know, if he did, I, and the one thing that I do know uh, is that our, our guys do uh, move the basketball and Steve has preached from day one uh, since he's taken over being a head coach that, uh, you know, ball movement is key. It's paramount. You know, and, and again, you hear this, you hear your coaches 
growing up playing little league basketball, hey, pass the ball, the ball moves faster than your feet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at some point in time, because people want to separate themselves from the rest of the pack, you know, guys get to a point where uh, that ball sticks and it sticks too long and people are standing and watching. And, and, and our guys have just bought into uh, what Steve has preached from day one is ball and body movement. And there are certain things, certain things conceptually uh, that he uh, gives them to, to, to help them out. Uh, but they all have a tremendous feel of how the, the game of basketball should be played, uh, especially offensively, and and they all have bought into it. And it's uh, and it's a beautiful thing when you're watching a group of individuals, especially in our sport, uh, play the game at a high level uh, the right way. And uh, it, you know, it's it's uh, everybody's everybody's dream to be a part of it. And uh, mm. you know, Katie uh, for sure. Uh, has enjoyed his time here and being a part of what we've done. Uh, Mike Brown's my guest. Um, he, there's a great picture, if you haven't seen it before, of he and his family. Um, that includes uh, his wife, Carolyn, and their two sons, Elijah and Cameron, um, all together with the 2003 Spurs Championship Trophy. Uh, I'm sure you got that somewhere. And I think to myself, man, those kids got all kinds of memories. I know Elijah now, we were talking before the show, he's, he just finished uh, with the, in Lithuania's top league and had a great season. And uh, is, Cameron, is Cameron play? So Cameron, he, he absolutely loves the game of basketball. He, he works, my, my agent is Warren Legari, who uh, runs the NBA Summer League out in Las Vegas. And, yep. and uh, so Cameron's been uh, uh, one of his interns the past uh, two years. This will be his third year in a row working for Warren out in Summer League. And I say that because his first love is basketball. But he's a pretty good a pretty good football player. He plays – he's got one year left of, of, of college and, and uh, small college football. He plays at Case Western Reserve University on the east side of Cleveland. And, yeah. And uh, – you know he's he's had a fantastic career so far. He's in three years they've lost, he's lost a total of four games and and you know this past year as a junior he was the defensive player of the year in the conference and then he set the he set the school single season sack record. So uh, he he's he's had a fantastic career there so far and, and hopefully he'll be able to finish up strong uh, this coming year and, and then we'll see what happens when he gets done playing college football. You you have uh, that's incredible, by the way, and I love that he's already like you in many ways um, realizing. Okay, the game is going to take me this far, but if I want to stay in it, I have to I have to do something else. I love that right. he's already making the making those men's. You you have to as now that you've got some juice with the Warriors, you have to get Elijah a tryout. There's no no ifs ands or buts, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I got it. You know there are a couple of people right actually, and and I did not. I had nothing to do with this. I was I was bored when it happened. But he he played with uh, our summer league team last year. He was an invite to our summer league. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because yeah, so Chris, was... Chris, Chris Haynes wrote something about that. I remember seeing it. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's great. That's uh, what what an experience. That was oh, for him, but I, I yeah. think it, for for me, it was it was fantastic. I was I was on cloud nine at, yeah. at, at every one of our games. Yeah, that's tremendous. Um, let's see a few few more. I I was thinking about the other day. The Spurs and the Warriors just have so much. You talk about family. You, you, you have Steve, 
I look, um, Bruce Bernstein, a man we both know, and you worked with at ESPN for a while. He sent me a, he texted me a photo of a Spurs, um, a Spurs coach, you know, Spurs roster photo. And seated on the left-hand side is you, Mike Budenholzer, uh, Bud, and, um, oh, shoot, PJ Carlissimo. I mean, and and then right next to it, Right next to him was R.C. Buford. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of success out of that organization. It, it's amazing to me that – that uh, oh, and Brett Brown was on a staff as well. I mean, he's he's now coaching. I mean, you must run into these guys all the time and talk San Antonio still. I, yeah, I do. Wow. You know, Pop is like the godfather. I mean, it, <laughs> I, I, there's, there's somebody – I think there's probably somebody in every single organization out there that has come through San Antonio at some point uh, in time in their their careers. Uh, Pop just he does a phenomenal job. Uh, Pop and RC they do a phenomenal job of, of uh, you know trying to find uh, the right people to come work for their organization. And then you know you learn a lot, you grow a lot while while being there, and they they help you get to a point to where you know you're able to go break off on your own and do your own thing. And uh, not only, not you know, not only as a as an assistant coach or assistant GM or front office guy, you, you know, uh, coming through there. For instance, Sam Presti, that's where he got his start. Uh, he's the GM president of Oklahoma City. But mm-hmm. not only as a you know as a coach or a front office guy, <laughs> excuse me, but also uh, as a player. And, you know, two guys. If that's the same team that I'm thinking of, you know, you got two guys on that team in Danny Ferry and and Steve Kerr who uh, obviously have yep. had a lot of success as GMs and, and uh, coaches. Yeah, and, they were, play- they were uh, both players on that team. Correct. So, 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 you know, you go down the line, you see different guys, whether it be uh, as a player or uh, as an assistant coach or a front office guy come through that organization. Uh, a lot of them have, have, have uh, had success there and, and, and broken off from there and, and going on to do some special things in the – in the league. Uh, Mike Brown, I remember that a friend of mine told me, um, he said, he said, when you got the job with the Lakers and then, and you got hired by the Cavaliers again. And he, he was, I guess he was talking about Lenny Wilkins as well. And some other, because he goes, and this person happens to be an African-American journalist. He said, you know, the NBA is now shown progress because you now have the black retread coach. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, okay, wait a minute. That's a little harsh for Mike Brown. He's had a lot of success, but I mean, there is something to be said for um, not a good old boy network, but, but you, you know, because you were fired from one job, it didn't paralyze your coaching career. Like it's done for so many um, uh, African-American coaches in football and baseball and other sports. Yeah. You know, the the NBA is probably uh, one, one of the organizations out there and you can, uh, even go outside of uh, outside of sports and just used in, in in business and you can include in business too that that uh, is has uh, forward thinking and you know they, they usually lead the pack in a lot of different uh, areas that uh, uh, of social you know injustices in terms of of making sure that uh, they do things the right way and uh, they don't base a lot of things on you know color or gender or anything like that. You can see it uh, now in in terms of all uh, the hirings that have, have occurred 
uh, for, for females, you know, as females are starting to move to the bench uh, in our business and Incredible. prominent roles, prominent roles in the front office. And, and so, you know, you don't take that, that stuff lightly. And uh, as a guy that has had an opportunity to, uh, to be a head coach uh, on more than one occasion, you know, you know, it's an honor, uh, you know, it, it, it is a privilege. And, and again, you can throw all those things in there, lucky, blessed, fortunate, so on and so forth. But, you know, you, you know that uh, uh, there are a lot of people that look up to you uh, because of the different opportunities that you have had uh, in this business at the highest level. And so there's uh, uh, the right type of pressure that you feel in order to try to have success. Uh, but if not, uh, at least do things the right way. Uh, so other guys will continue to have opportunities going forward that come after you. Uh, Mike Brown, I have to get into I have to get into this before I let you go. We met in 2006, and you gave me one of the all-time great interviews. You probably don't even remember it. And, um, and during the Wizards Cleveland Cavaliers series, and one of the first things you told me was, um, I said, well, you know, like. But a lot of people say, "Oh, he just got a he got a gift to to coach LeBron," and you looked at me like, "No, I paid my dues." And you didn't just pay your dues. I remember writing something to the effect of, "You, you your job, your first job was basically you landscaped the assistant GM's yard in Denver as part of your first job in the league." Is, is that true? You know, I I was a jack of all trades when I got to the <laughs> got to the league. I, I remember I had a little Nissan pickup truck, four by two pickup truck, <clears throat> and uh, and so our our assistant GM at the time he had just bought a house, and he wanted his yard landscaped, and he he looked at my truck, and he was like he looked at me, and he saw I was young and full of energy, he said, "Young Buck, meet me at my place Saturday morning at 6 a.m. We got some work to do." And uh, the two of us landscaped his backyard. Uh, well, the, the three of us, myself, him, and my my my. Uh, I used to call my pickup truck Old Maroon because it was a red pickup <laughs> truck. And so, I, so me, myself, uh, excuse me, myself, Old Maroon, and and our assistant GM at the time. And uh, that, my friend, was real work. What I do wow. now, <laughs> this is fun and games compared to that one. Yeah. But I mean, like, I just think about where, you know, like you were, you were an unpaid intern on Bernie Bicker's staff's Denver staff, uh, Bernie Bicker's staff's, uh, yeah, Denver staff. And, and you, you end up becoming this guy that leads the Cavs to more victories as a first year coach than any other in franchise history. And, you know, and all the things that happened, I mean, shoot, when, when they kicked Michael Jordan out of Washington, you, you somehow survived. And I, I guess, you know, I, I, I'm I'm always blown away when when I talk. And I remember I talked to you about money, and you were like, "Hey, when you start at fifteen thousand, make seventeen thousand the next year, nineteen thousand out of that, you know." And and then you and then all of a sudden you get twenty three thousand, and someone gives you an eighty thousand dollar a year job as an assistant, like Bernie Bickerstaff did in Washington. I mean, I could pay some bills off, and I'm like going, "Wow." <laughs> Wow, what a what a what a, what a what a fork in the road moment! Like you're sort of like, wow, I, I'm I'm making real money. I'm not mowing somebody's lawn. You're 100 correct. I, you know, you, you, as you move up in life and you start to make huge jumps, especially uh, as you can in this business, uh, it, 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 it makes you appreciate 
you know, where you where you have been and where you're headed. And uh, so I, I, I've been, again, I've been fortunate to have the run that I, I've had so far and, and uh, be able to help uh, uh, provide for my family and, and, and extended family. And, you know, more than anything else, just the people that you've met uh, on this uh, on this journey has made it more than spectacular. Yeah. Well, you, well, you had a pretty good junior college career and, and then you, I think you played at San Diego and you realized, okay, I'm not going to the NBA. And you decided to basically, this is how you got in. I want to give you this quote that Milton Newton, your friend uh, and both of our friends from back in the day gave me, he said, um, he said, he's talking about your, your old pickup. That truck truck took us up every mountain in the state. He said, and he, I guess Milt was the community relations department guy then. Um, and he said uh, he had a Mike had a removable stereo and he always put a gorilla lock on the steering wheel and took the stereo out. And he goes, I used to tell him, Mike, no one is going to steal that truck. He'd get all protected. Just just remember, you're a passenger in this truck. And he goes, that thing was beat up. And uh, and I could tell you exactly what happened to that truck, by the way. Um, uh, I, if I'm if my memory serves me correct. Um, Let, let's you, see. Let's see if you let, you um, you you fought, you gave it to your brother your second That's year in right. San Antonio, and he had it stolen near San Diego. Yes, yes. How, how good is my memory? It got, it's great. Hey, Mike, I tell you what, it's showing up. I, 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 I'm loving it. That's a big-time memory it's right there. All right. Okay. You know okay. You know I also you, cheated. You know I ca- I also cheated. I called up the column I wrote in 2006 about it. Ah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> hey, but you, hey, you know why it got stolen though? Why? He didn't why have did the he... freaking gorilla. He didn't have the freaking gorilla grip on the wheel. <laughs> he didn't put the gorilla lock on. He didn't, he didn't put the gorilla oh, what's grip he on, the on the wheel. Uh, oh that's, man. That's what I keep telling him to this day. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. All right. Well, uh, thank you for all the time today. I, you know, I, I'd ask you all about Kawhi and the Raptors, but you know, th- you're already in, you're already immersed in it, and I think it's I think it's probably going to be a better series than people think. And either way, I wish you luck, sir. It would be great if you got another championship ring, and and with that staff and shoot for for many of them because I know you weren't there the first year they won. I mean, th- four four championships and or uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, four championships in five years. Nobody's done that since Bill Russell's Celtics. And that would be, just being part of that, I think, would be special for you and your family. Oh, yeah, it, it would. I, I tell you what, any time that you're able to uh, continue to be, uh, to play and be one of two teams left standing, you, you know, you appreciate your journey even more and more. And to have a chance to know that you may be able to get another ring uh, is fantastic. And Toronto's going to be tough. Uh, but uh, they're going to be ready to go. It's going to be loud in their building, but our guys, they've been there before, and, and hopefully we'll be able to, be able to sneak, uh, sneak into history here. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing you out there, hopefully for game five, if not sooner. And uh, thank you so much, Mike. Anytime, Mike. I appreciate it. It was good. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. The 20th Mike Wise Show was taped on Memorial Day, and we can't go without thanking anyone who is connected to someone who served over there, who lost someone over there, or is presently serving over there. Bottom line is, without you, we don't have this show. We don't have this life. 
And we certainly don't have the Pure Hoops Media Gang, which includes Bruce Bernstein, Ben Wolfen, who put this podcast together, Scott Kalka, and all the gang. Yes, you too, Darlene. We'll see you next week. I'm out. Peace. The Mike Wise Show used to be called The Wise Ass Show, but it remains a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.